You're listening to Salty Believer Unscripted. This is Salty Believer Unscripted. I'm Josiah Walker. I'm Brian Catherman. And today we've got a special episode for you because we have another friend with us joining us from the Simeon Trust. We have Robert Kinney with us. Robert is the Director of Ministries over there at Charles Simeon Trust. Welcome, Robert. Hey, great to be with you guys again. Woohoo! Thank you for joining us. We've had you on in the past and it was so good we wanted to have you back. So thank you. All right. Well, I, I hope it lives up to expectations. We, we had we had more questions from the last time we had you on that we just didn't get an answer on the on the podcast. And we said, OK, we got to we got to we got to have him back to specifically zero in because I've done your well, I say yours, but I've done the Charles Simeon Trust, I've done some of the online courses, uh, which are which are fantastic. My favorite. So I think I've done four or five of them and I'm probably going to keep I just did just finished the the one in the uh, gospels which was outstanding but there's one in persuasion which yeah. is unique and different and you don't a, a typical preaching book a typical um video course usually neglects this area altogether I just don't think we think about it and this seems to be your bread and butter area. I mean, anytime I anytime I watch the online courses, it's just it's just pouring out of you the need to structure the argument, the need to see the flow, all these sorts of stuff. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm very fascinated by it, and I have brought this into my preaching quite a bit more. And so, this was a really good excuse for me to actually get to talk to you more directly and ask the questions that I have. And uh, and Josiah, we just so we just had Jeremy Meeks on, and Josiah got to ask him all the questions like, "All right, what do we do now for a guy who's got about thirty sermons in? Now, what do I do?" And so he got to ask all his questions. Oh, nice, nice. So now I get to ask all my questions. And <laughs> Josiah, you should pay close attention because I think this is uh, very powerful, helpful stuff when it comes to preaching and oh, uh, probably uh, teaching in general. I, I thought you were about to tell him this is how you interview somebody. So you're, you're <laughs> no, 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 him on interviewing. <laughs> no, no, no. He's got that way better under control. I interrupt people horribly because I get really excited about the conversation and uh, I, I get off on rabbit trails. So he might have Great. to rein us in and show me how to do an interview. Great. Well, In fact, Josiah, what, what should we start with? Well, I'm going to start with the easy one. The, the Probably the only question I have so far is, you know, we're, as we look at persuasion and preaching, you know, one of the things I, as a guy who's got about 30 sermons under his belt, and that's over like six years, right? I've, I've worked really hard to try to stay true to the text and, and just hold mm-hmm. still to, okay, this is what it is and just kind of exposit that text. And so now the stretching part for me is, well, how do I kind of go from just kind of a teaching or a lecture on here's what the text says to more of a persuasion in my preaching? How do you kind of make that shift? Yeah, well, that that is, in my mind, kind of a key generational question, because, um, you know, for so long, especially, you know, 50, 60 years ago, where the battles were over inerrancy of scripture and 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 sort of we, we all kind of collectively gave ourselves to we got to get the text right. We got to get the text right. And and didn't put much thought into getting it across. Um, and, and so for a few generations, there's been this kind of hard divide between, well, those are the people who are persuasive, meaning 
they're they're in it for themselves and 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 they're you know glitz and glamour and 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 fancy speech but they don't really have any substance we're the substance people and so it was this kind of false dichotomy of well if i'm going to get the text right i can't actually be uh interesting sure right um, so 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 you're working against a large current so so that for me that is that is a generational shift that question how do we move back toward uh, a, a respect for preaching that is uh, persuasive, that is that actually is is going to capture people, uh, that that is formed in a way that that will actually capture people? And my answer to that is start with the argument uh, that you're not you're not there to provide information; you're there to persuade them of something, and and the clearest, cleanest, simplest version of that is. What's the argument you're making? What's the thing you're trying to persuade them of? And, and the logical steps it takes to get to that. If you, can, if you can hold that in your mind, if you can get from your text to, here's the thing I'm trying to persuade them of, you'll, you'll have turned that corner into, to, I'm not just here to lecture, I'm actually here to accomplish something. For sure. So like the uh, Jiffy Lube Joe, the, the person listening who's not a preacher, um, or maybe for the preacher, can you give us an idea of, of why persuasion is necessary in preaching? Maybe is there a biblical precedence or, um, I mean, like, why wouldn't I just want to sit and get my head full of great information and then leave? Why is persuasion important, I guess, is my question. In preaching. Sure. Yeah. Well, so um, I'll, I'll start with throwing out the premise. Um because the assumption there is that there is preaching or oration or communication that isn't persuasive. Um, and, and this, this goes even back to the ancient rhetoricians, uh, you know, Aristotle and company, um, all oratory is fundamentally persuasive. So the, the, the trick for us as preachers, the, the goal for us as preachers is to be conscious of what it is we're trying to persuade people of. If if we get up and we're just providing information, uh, we're persuading them that we know something that they should know, and that's it. We're persuading them that, and and and, and that's where you get this this kind of again unhelpful separation between the pastor and the people, because oh he's the guy with the special knowledge, um, but it's also uh, not not actually going to move people toward application. It's, it's not interesting. And, and in our day and age, uh, we, we've got a lot of competition on Sundays. Uh, yeah, so true. I don't think we can afford to relegate ourselves to merely providing information. Okay. So, so that's, that's my practical answer. So you're, you're saying, okay, there is persuasion. You're saying mm -hmm. we need to persuade the right to the right purpose or the right cause or the right, to the yeah. right end. We want to be in control of that persuasion. Okay. We, we want to we want to be doing it consciously. Like we want to we want to be aware of what it is we're actually doing. So, and you asked a, a really good question about biblical precedent. Um, that's that's a that's an interesting question for this reason. Um, you know, is there a verse I can turn to that says you know preachers should be persuasive? No. Um, and and some people will take you to like First Corinthians. And say quite the opposite. Pre Preachers should not be persuasive. Um, I, I think 
one, you've got to understand the context of First Corinthians to really know what what's going on there when Paul's talking about, you know, we're not we're not preaching with lofty words, et cetera. Um, and, and I can talk about that if you want. Um, but I, I will say this. If you look at the speeches of the Gospels and Acts, if you look at the epistles of Paul in particular, but all the epistles, they do conform to first century standards of rhetoric. So they are themselves examples, sometimes very good examples of effective rhetorical oratory, effective persuasive speech. Um, and, and I had to go a step further and say, uh, the, the preachers conceived of themselves as persuading. So when Luke talks about Paul and, and what he's doing in Acts 17, he actually uses the language of the rhetoricians to say, Paul is doing this and people are persuaded. Or if you look at Paul in Second um, Corinthians 4 or 2 Corinthians 5, he conceives of himself as trying to persuade people. Or to compel, as, right? Compel is the word that comes to mind there, I think. Yeah, yeah. Or my favorite example is when he's uh, uh, before King Agrippa in Acts 26. Right. And Agrippa's like, oh, if you if I gave you long enough, you'd persuade me to become a Christian. And Paul's like, uh, whether it's a long time or a short time, I want everybody to be a Christian. Like right. I'm here to persuade. Right. So so he conceives of his agenda. His goal is actually being more than just providing information. It's it's in fact with Agrippa, he says, you know, you already believe the prophets. Let me let me help you now take that step. Here's the agenda. So okay, um, can I, can I put you in a hot seat here just a little bit? Sure. Is that okay? I mean, I know you're yeah. a guest and probably shouldn't. I mean, Josiah's going to tell me, don't do that. He's a guest. We, terrible interview. And that's uh, why Robert never came back. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are there are some people, and to put this in perspective, I think, and I don't want to speak out of turn for him, but I think John MacArthur is one of these people who really okay. has this view that says, I'm going to provide the information and the Holy Spirit is going to do the persuasive power, right? So they still believe, I think, or the people, or, or maybe just people who make this argument still believe there's a persuasion happening, but they, they feel like it's not the responsibility of the preacher. Now, in fairness, just so you, like, I'm not one of these guys. I, I absolutely think that there's, but how would you respond to, to that argument that, you know, I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit's going to do the persuading and I'm just going to provide, you know, the the material for the Holy Spirit to work with. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a responsible pastor out there who has a, a, a congregant come into church and say, um, you know, I've been struggling with alcoholism and I need you know, to put this down, but I can't do it. I'm just addicted to alcohol. And that, that, that pastor says, well, you know, the Bible says you shouldn't be drunk. So hopefully the Holy Spirit will help you to not be drunk anymore. Good and leave it at that. that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not responsible pastoring, right? Like you're, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to talk to this guy. You're going to, you're going to pray with him. You're going to give him the, the local AA chapter number. You're, you're going to try to help him walk back from this, this, uh, addiction, right? So part of it is just practically, um, I think that, how do I want to put it? 
I think it's a, it's an undervaluing of the preacher and it's an underestimation of the role of the Holy Spirit. What I mean by that is it's an undervaluing of the preacher in that the preacher's there to be persuasive, not to be informative. And, and again, I, I would turn to those passages from the Bible I just mentioned. I would turn to the, to the model that both Jesus and the apostles give us in, in their preaching in the New Testament that they're there for more than just providing information. They are exhorting. That's that's the language Paul uses when he commends Timothy to preaching, right? Exhort them. Uh, so, so it's more than just informing. I also think it's an underestimation of the Holy Spirit in that the Holy Spirit is not just present in the application of the text for the believer. The Holy Spirit is that should be I mean, this is my conviction. The Holy Spirit is actually present in my preparation of the text, in my writing of the sermon, in my delivery of the sermon. And so I, I believe the Holy Spirit is actually working throughout the whole process. Which I, I think you're in friendly company here for sure. But but that is sort of the conversation piece that we subtly don't ever talk about. Mm-hmm. I just listened to a sermon. I listened to a lot of sermons just for my own edification, about two to three a week, because I preach and I want to sit under preaching unfortunately when you're the guy doing the preaching but i try to listen to some local folks and some i I listen to a wide range of preachers just and i listened to a sermon the other day and and like the first half of the sermon it was one of those where the first half of the sermon i thought i'm a terrible preacher why do i preach what am i doing because because the communication was just so moving and good and moving Mm -hmm. might not be the right word but it was just this this like i felt like i was sucked in it was enthralling but then i was getting to the last half of the the sermon and realizing i haven't actually learned anything here i'm not saying that i'm really smart i'm just saying you haven't presented me with something i really need to know you've you've walked me through a gospel narrative it's a pretty big chunk of narrative you're kind of going through the story and then your illustrations are more like yeah we can relate to that right because we're just like these guys. Okay. I'm kind of tracking with you. And then pretty soon it was like, wait, why do I need to be listening to this? Because everything you're walking me through, I could read the, I could read the narrative myself and honestly walk away with nothing. There was no, it was like this. So what, what am I doing? What am I listening? What, what am I doing here? And the hard part for me, and, I, and maybe you can speak into this a little bit is why do we find that like, I, I mean, I was sitting there thinking, I bet there's a ton of people that sat and go, oh, I just love how much he's teaching me the Bible without realizing he's really not teaching you the Bible that much. Mm-hmm. If, if you just read the Bible. But number two, you get to walk out of here exactly the same way you walked in. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, I've never really I mean, this guy was this guy's a compelling, not compelling is the wrong word, because that would come with persuasion. I'm compelled. He's an uh, entertaining, enjoyable preacher. Mm hmm. Right. Not a popular guy. I don't think. I mean, these are these are not I don't run out and look for the big popular folks most of the time. Yeah. But it really it really struck me. Um, It wasn't that he was providing lots of information like you talked about. And it wasn't that he was trying to compel me. But why is it that we are so inclined to that? Is it just it's our sinful nature? Is it or we don't? I mean, we so as a listener who's not a preacher, we I would contend we should look for preaching that is persuasive and compelling us mm-hmm. towards the Lord, right? But why is it that we don't? I guess that's the real question. Oh, well, so, so, so many things to respond to there. <laughs> I know, uh, I know. I just dumped the truck. Uh, yeah. Well, no, no. So, so if I may offer a critique to this 
preacher who I've never heard and the sermon that I've never heard. It, it sounds to me like a sermon badly in need of an argument. Like yeah, you should missing completely missing an argument. You should know in the first few minutes what it is he's trying to accomplish in that sermon, and you should walk away feeling like he's accomplished it. Like or, or, or not, that it's right? been, yeah, that it's been accomplished or not, right? Like so, 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 you know, just retelling the narrative in a in an interesting and entertaining way, I agree with you, is insufficient. You've actually got to compel people with the truth of the text, um, but you've got to compel people with the truth of the text, right? You can't just here's here it is, serve it up on a platter and hope the Holy Spirit. That doesn't work either. Um, so, so why, why do we, well, we like being entertained. I mean, so part of it is the sinful nature of, um, you know, we will, we will go to what scratches our itching ears. We will, we will go to what, uh, feels, I mean, and I'm saying this as an Anglican man, we'll go to what feels good and feels authentic and feels, you know, historic and feels churchy, uh, hoping and praying there's no real substance to it that's going to require me to actually obey God's word in any way. So so I think, yeah, we're, we're always looking for entertainment and we're always looking for something interesting that's not going to be too challenging. That's not going to be too requiring of us. That is that is the sinful nature. I think, oh, I think, that, that, I think that's why I struggle with persuasive preaching and, and trying to get away from just sticking to the text is I'm a recovering prosperity gospel believer. And mm. so, you know, I've spent years where that when I was first learning how to preach, the pastor said, well, just pick your topic and then find the scripture verses that go along with it. And my first critique of my first sermon was, you know, you really just read too much scripture. And so I, I think it's it, part- not from not not in our existing context. No, it's not it's my current context. Not in my current church. This was an <laughs> sure, old church. Sure. I yeah. found a nice, healthy church with a great preacher. And I'm learning and growing, but it's hard. I struggle with the fear of putting my own point or putting my own feelings into a text. Yeah. You know, like every time there's a building project, we have a Nehemiah project that we're going through and, you know, we're going through that text. So how, uh-huh. how do you trust as, as you're preparing this, that that you're being faithful to the text, that it's the Holy Spirit working in you and, and not just your motives or your desires, but it's actually the Holy Spirit saying, this is what your people need to be persuaded of. Wow. Another can, great can I, question. Can I reword yeah. the question a little bit and make it a little tougher? Go how do we, how do we ensure and I'll, I'm, I'm going to maybe point to those texts that don't, I'm not talking about Romans. I'm not talking about we're preaching, you know, Acts chapter two and Paul's sermon. I'm talking about like poetry, maybe some historical narrative stuff. How do we ensure that the argument we're coming to is the biblical argument? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, so the particular, Particulars of, you know, in, um, say, wisdom literature, historic narrative or whatever, um, a lot of that's going to get back to uh, the the first part of the the process, the the getting the text right. So I think most most guys uh, come out with sermonic arguments that are shaky because they haven't actually done the, the, the exegesis and the theological reflection necessary to get to what is this text actually doing? What is this text actually trying to accomplish for the first audience, for uh, the, the Christian audience? Um, so so in, in the particulars of how do I know I got this right, it's, it's, it's proficiency with, with the first part of the process, exegesis, theological reflection, getting, getting the text right. 
Um, in, in terms of confidence, um, you know, I would generally encourage guys, remember, you know, Paul's advice to Timothy, it's not show your perfection, it's show your progress. Keep, keep working at it. You know, <laughs> repeatedly in second Timothy, Paul tells Timothy, do your best, right? Do your best to show yourself an, a workman unashamed, right? So you, you, you've got to keep working at it and, and trusting the Holy Spirit to, to guide you through this. Our conversation with Robert Kenny ran long, so we're going to pick this conversation up in the next episode of Salty Believer Unscripted. You can find more information about Charles Simeon Trust at simeontrust.org. Thank you for listening. Find more information at saltybeliever.com.